Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. I don't know where you've been hanging out lately, but I see a pretty tough market out there. It is pretty tough. Things can still happen, but things are changing quickly. Yeah. How do we survive this tough market? Things are definitely happening. People are still buying houses, but we, uh, somebody said that they're assimilating real estate right now to a cage fight. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the last couple of years have been cage fight more than anything. It was a different type. I actually just, before I got here, came from a listing appointment. And was talking about my marketing and the lady goes, oh, you actually have to work again now, huh? Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's what we've been saying. This is a work year. Yep. It's a this work year. A work we got to work hard to get the listings out there again. Open homes, broker opens. Yeah. Those mailers, listings aren't flying off the shelf. They're not flying off. And it's hard to educate um, sellers. But I think if you did it from the very beginning, letting them know, yeah, we're going to have to negotiate on inspection stuff. Yeah. They're going to have to give some stuff back, even though this is what we're in our contract for. Plan on maybe another $5,000, $10,000. You're going to have to do to give them to keep it, keep this thing going. We're seeing seller concessions and negotiation again, Yep, which is okay. It's okay. It's a healthier market. And I, I know that there's a lot of panic out there. There is, you know, there's a lot of panic in the lender lending side of it because, you know, all these great big mortgage companies that all kind of showed up for the good time that the refinance boom was. They did. They showed up for a good time. Like, look at the Costco mortgage and those types of things that just were like, oh, this looks easy. And they just, sh- they, I mean, they were taking some market share. Well, now they're gone. Right. Like, we've seen a lot of mortgage companies like completely fold and we've seen a ton of layoffs. And it's interesting though, the, the, they're still, we haven't seen the job layoffs nationally yet to hit super crisis mode. Once, if that starts happening, then people need to start worrying. So mm-hmm. I don't foresee major short sales, foreclosures, the, other than in basically lending. And I think a lot of realtors are going to start to retire or quit. But um, overall, globally, we're doing okay there. So that's yeah. some good news. Yeah. I mean, the uh, here, in, here in Montana, I mean, I feel like we're six to nine months behind where everybody else is at, you know, and I, I talk to lenders nationwide because through my coaching and, you know, a lot of them are, their phone's not ringing. Right. And, you know, the, the realtors talk to the realtors. I mean, I've been talking to realtors here locally and they're saying their phone's not ringing. So, you know, things are looking a little bit differently. We're definitely trimming any additional expenses that we don't need to have. Um, and that's just being smart. So if you're a lender out there, you need to be cutting all the extra little expenses out there. Same with you guys. Oh, completely. Anything marketing that's not turning over an ROI, um, pretty quickly needs to go. Yep. I completely agree. One thing is my phone is still ringing like crazy, but it's for listings. Yeah. The buyer sides have dropped a lot. Yeah. So again, it's educating the seller if we're going to take this listing, right? how to actually get it sold because it costs money to take a listing right? and it costs energy and time and emotional stress to make it happen. Right. So you really have to be honest with them upfront yeah. about what's happening in the market. You know, our phone is right. ringing too, but it's different stuff. Almost all of our loans that are in our pipeline are some sort of brokered deal. 
which I'm so grateful for the opportunity to do broker deals, to do non-QM outside the box type of stuff. Um, Because I know that a lot of lenders that are only capable of doing the conventional FHA, VA, rural development, that sort of stuff, um, they don't have anything to work on. Right. Oh, speaking of phone ringing, I have a crazy story. Uh Uh-oh. I got a phone call um, probably about a month ago. And this guy, he said he was in Sweden. He found this home online. We um, took a bunch of videos. Do you often get phone calls from Sweden? No, this is a first. Well, actually, I've had a Norway guy. Okay. Yeah. So it was a little sketchy from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I went and got videos. It was pretty common to get these calls during the pandemic, of course. Sure. Or when everything was shut down. And so, again, unique. But so I sent him a bunch of videos. We're under contract. Um, We get proof of funds. It's a cash deal. Mm. And he sends in his cashier's check to the title company. Oh my God, this poor seller took their property off the market, didn't they? They took it off the market. We're under contract. We had proof of funds. We saw a bunch of different things to say he's legit, to super responsive, even for the time change, which is also kind of weird. Um, anyway, so we get a call from Title after a week of being under contract and he sent in $130,000 for his earnest money and he was supposed to send in 13. He's like, well, I want to do an additional 130. I want them to know I'm serious. Title calls me after they get this check and they flagged him they actually flagged his name in different title companies throughout the state. Uh-oh. And so it's great that they're communicating with each other. So what he was going to do, it was a fake check, essentially. Right. He was going to terminate and then get the money back and get all that earnest money. Oh, yeah. It was really, really interesting. Those poor sellers, I felt absolutely terrible. Yeah. And the other agent handled it like a champ. But yeah, because pretty crazy people, scam. People that are that don't know what happened are seeing a property that was taken off the market um, because it went under contract and then now put back on and it kind of looks like a black guy. Exactly. That's tough. It's really tough. And again, I looking back, like what other, what else could I have done? Yeah, it's definitely unusual to have something like that happen. But with the fact that we got proof of funds and he kept saying asset manager um, in all of his emails and like, there's a bunch of little red flags now, like looking at his um, yeah. proof of funds, there was stuff that said, electrical <laughs> like and not like cer- a certain utility company oh. or like really weird names of but you're like this stores. guy is from sweden right exactly he talks, he talks funny exactly <laughs> but who, he probably wasn't in sweden who knows where he was maybe right. he was in ohio or maybe he was in <laughs> india yeah who um, knows yeah but it was really really interesting and what else is interesting he's the same name in all the transactions that he did to try to get the same scam in different parts of montana you'd think he would branch out a bit right so john Reman, I think. R-E-H-M-A-N. If anyone gets that call in Montana, (laughs) go ahead and hang up. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Well, you know, the thing about the blessing about being in the market that we are, and this is what we saw in 2008 as well, is that, uh, and nine, is that we were able to see the change coming. Yes. And so we're not Phoenix. We're not Seattle. We're not Austin. We're not some of these bigger areas or like, you know, we're not Florida. But these types of changes happen in bigger markets first. And so you can see it coming. So if you're in real estate right now, you definitely need to be preparing for less income, less income. Yep. And it's, and if you get more income, then great. But, uh, or if the whole thing cha- turns around and it doesn't ever affect you, super. But right now, I mean, we're spending less money. I completely agree. I really think plan on not making as much money. Work as if you're going to continue to make the same amount of money, put that same amount of effort in, Right. You make those calls. Don't just shut down. Right. But yeah, don't plan, shut on, down. plan on you're not going to have the year we had in 2021. Right. It's right. not going to continue to happen. No, it's and, not. And I think it's going to be 10 years. 
You think I, so? Um, again, the last listing appointment I was on, she was a financial advisor and very, very educated. She talked a lot more about stocks than um, residential real estate. But she said, yeah, plan 10 years until we see where we were. And it, with the last economic summit and talking to her and a couple other clients who are high up in finance, um, they all kind of said the same thing. Yeah. It's not going to, they really don't think it's going to be a terrible crash, but it's going to take a while. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, the, and anybody who's not prepared is really going to get hit hard. It's okay at this point to start finding yourself some additional streams of income. Yeah. And, but because you just, we just don't know. And, but I think one of the biggest things is because things are slower, it's kind of like we're not running in that chaos mode that we're, we're used to running in a chaos mode that it kind of like, for me, maybe you're the same is that like, I'm not going to like one thing after another, after another, as much in that same rate of speed that then my mind wanders and I forgot what I was doing. Oh, and then, or I'm like, a contract comes in and I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Completely. <laughs> like, when I don't I have, know how to do my job. When I have like an amendment and I like a buy-sell to do that day and that's about it, I am not nearly as focused. I'm not nearly as right. in it when I'm going a million miles an hour. Like, I oh can, my God, it's three o'clock and you haven't done that. <laughs> yes. I, I work so much better in chaos and go, yeah. go, 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 go. That's a sign without, of brilliance. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Different, different types of intelligence. Yeah, it's yeah. a sign of brilliance. But Definitely. I really do. The busier I am, the smarter I am, the more with it I am, the happier I am, mm-hmm. the more I can create. Which, yeah. 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 It's a, it's a creation mode. Um, I was listening to something else and somebody was saying like, maybe we've talked about this, but it's just mind boggling to me is that one of the things that people try to learn how to do is how to operate in chaos. And the people that are like your, your top entrepreneurs or your top creators are people that are really good in operating in chaos. And it's not necessarily something that can be taught. But so most people spend a ton of time in thought thinking about doing something before they actually just jump on it. And like folks like you and I, like I, it's almost a fault of mine. Oh, in completely. fact, in fact, I actually reflect on it and say, oh my gosh, you should have slowed down on that and spent more time thinking about it because now look what happened. Um, it's one of your best and worst qualities. Yeah. The fact that you can just go and move and keep. Yeah. It's like idea. Sure. Execute. Exactly. Next day. Yep. And then lean into it without six months worth of thought process on it. But a lot of people are really crippled by thought. Right. Like I'll have, just get a call for a show. I'm cool. Yeah, I'll meet you there. If, if we can get in, I'll be like, yeah, I can be there in 30 minutes. I've seen a lot of agents, they have to process that. Oh, I have a showing. Okay, that means I have to get ready. To okay, get ready. that means I have to like plan. I need at least like four hours before I can go to the showing. And mm-hmm. like, no, just go. Just go. Especially when, if you know the market, you know the areas, you know the homes, you can get make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So- how are you approaching business now compared to when it was easier with lower interest rates? So for me, I'm really trying to enjoy the slowdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I start going down the rabbit hole of scariness, I'm like, well, how long is this slowdown going to last? Right. And that starts to get me worried. Like, well, what if, you know, there was one year in Bozeman where one home sold. I want to say it was like 84 or something like that. Or no, it must have been earlier, like 82. Um, but one home in all of Bozeman sold that entire year. In a year? In a year. <laughs> well, like, I don't think that that's, that's gonna... not going to happen. But my brain goes there like, well, what if it goes to, you know, we get five, five deals done. I'm grateful enough that my husband and I've always been big savers. Yeah. So I could cut all my expenses and do five deals a year and we'll be okay. I just really didn't want to spend that money. I know. It also feels good. That's what also another thing keeps me up at night was when I had those huge marketing expenses, mm-hmm. it's nice to cut those and just not have to think about it. Right. And we're going to be okay. 
Yeah. I mean, same. We're going to be okay too. I, I'm a little irritated. I don't want to spend any of my money in savings. So I want to continue to create as much and so to, to pay all the things that need to happen. So I've been telling my husband, I'm like, how about that for you to do? Or, you know, right. I keep cash like cash is going to be signing really him really important going yeah. forward. Absolutely. And we're the, um, and be a money in stocks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now is the time to put your money in stocks too, though. Yeah. We're, we pulled a lot of uh, money out of stocks a few months ago. Grateful for that. And we're going to put it a lot back in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a, it's definitely a good time. Everything's on sale Everything's right now. On sale. Everything's on sale. So now's a great time to buy into the stock market. And, but you got to be brave. Like right. my financial advisor, she's like, okay, if we put this money in, we're, we're, we're not pulling it out. Okay. Are you, are you comfortable? I'm like, oh yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Sure. So, I mean, but it feels like we just switched like exchanged one difficult market for another difficult market. Completely. When again, at this last listing appointment, that's what she was saying. Like, no, it was still a really tough market. The first quarter of 2021, we wrote 60 offers that did not get accepted. We were still working hard. Talk about listings were easy. Yes, those happened quick, but it was still a lot to navigate. It was still really hard to figure out the best offer and just Mm -hmm. manage it all. It was a lot of energy that was put out there. So yeah, this is a different type of hard now. And deals are not going to be as easy. I also think we're going to see a lot of deals fall apart because of inspection stuff. Yeah. People are way more likely to walk away. I lost a lot of deals during the recession during inspection time. Yeah. Like the last few years, we never lost a deal because of inspection. Partly because we didn't do inspections. That's a good point. But um, I think we're going to see it's going to be a lot more work to keep deals together. Yeah. Well, I bet the inspectors are happy. I know, right? They were probably, they were probably not so happy. So, I mean, we were talking about like discretionary income and how people are spending their money. You know, like the ladies that only do eyelash extensions are probably going to need to do eyebrows and eyelashes now. Completely. I have a lot of friends in the (laughs) beauty industry and they're like, no, this is recession proof. I'm like, are you kidding me? The first thing I'm going to do is, I only get my hair cut like once a year anyway, but well, maybe do have my husband start cutting my hair. My hair's long enough. Just give a little trim. That's something well, I can easily cut. I mean, there's there's just, there's some things. But, you know, as it pertains to us, I mean, there's people that only do certain kinds of transactions That's because exactly. they've created yep. very niche markets um, for their niche um, type. And, and I don't know. I've always been very kind of wishy-washy about it because some people do a really great job only doing VA loans. They just focus just on VA loans. Some people just focus on reverse mortgages. And I really think that that strategy is not going to work so great right now. Same with luxury. Yep. The luxury market has been hit so hard and people crushed it who um, were in the luxury. Then that's pretty much totally what they did. They did very, very well the last few years. Yeah. And what we're going to see now is those homes are now going to sit again for a year, two years, three years. They're going to, it's going to be harder to get those deals done. Well, that's what was happening um, for a long time in Bozeman. Anything over 800, which would now probably be, you know, Mm 1.6, would sit for a long time. Wow. And so that's one thing that, like, you always focused on realtor connections. So to survive this, what's happening right now, I really always focused on doing all sorts of real estates. I've had so many times where I had the cheapest home on the market, the cheapest apartment on the market, the cheapest manufactured home on the market. Right. And I was proud of that. And I'm still proud of that because those deals those things will keep moving. The yeah. lower end stuff will keep moving. You know, that's why I, I, you know, we're always making sure that we have a lot of tricks up our sleeve. You know, we're constantly creating new tricks and, and, and ways to be able to put things together. And it's like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried this? And that just comes with experience, I think. But we're always looking for something like, you know, these new broker products are amazing to be able to pull in, you know, these bank statement loans, again, these asset utilization loans, the DSCR products, the 
you know, uh, two, one buy down, like all that stuff. We're putting all those things together in order to put things together. And a lot of people are like, I don't know how to do that. But now's a good time to learn. It's a good time to learn and not just be in a niche. So I don't know. I think this, um, the Fed is getting a lot of pressure, even at the international level, about the things that they've been doing. Um, unfortunately, like with the increases in prime that they've done, we haven't even allowed enough time for the first increase to process all the way through the market. So it's like they're one of the only entities, government entities that is allowed to make changes without having to wait to see what the result is before they make another change. And there are probably going to be two more changes by the end of the year. I don't know. 0.75. The UN just came at them and told them to knock it off. Really? Because yeah, yeah, we talked about that a lot on Tuesday. Yeah. And um, these amazing people from DA Davidson, were, uh, they were predicting 0.75 yep. and 0.66. Yep, because the they're trying increases. to take it to four and a half. Yep. They're trying to take it to four and a half, but the UN just came out this week and just said, this is affecting the international economy and you need to stop. And so I don't know. Well, I don't know if they'll take it seriously or not, but it's, I mean, it's not just here. It's not just in, in Montana. It's, it's not just in the United States. I mean, look what's happening in Europe. Look what's happening. And it's, it's affecting the cost of everything. And like we've talked about before, like the consumer spending is super, super high, the consumer debt right now. Plus we have super high gas prices. Plus we have super high real estate prices. Plus we have super high, you know, everything is so expensive right now. And somebody, they're going to need to do something. They need to do something because they've messed with the free market enough that it's going to, I mean, it would take the free market a really long time to fix itself. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.